0: It's great to hear God's word read so clearly, thank you very much. Um, it's beautiful for us to be back here in Eindhoven. Uh, we've uh, been looking forward to it and uh, now we're here and uh, it's a joy to us. Um, we, um, we, things are changing, it's beautiful that uh, people are able to come together in church and we're, we're also hoping that we might meet you, some of you, uh, in different contexts as well. So we're open to invitations. If anybody would like to, uh, to invite us just to uh, chat or uh, would like to come and visit us to talk over a problem, uh, then we're, we're, we're willing to do that. Uh, just uh, let us know, make an arrangement, and we're available. When uh, we read stories like the gospel story, it's just been uh, read to us. If we read it in context, it raises certain questions for us. Who does God love? Who does God want to bless? Who is welcome in God's kingdom? And these are three important questions which arise from the story. Uh, that we uh, that we heard but I did mention that you have to read them in context and I'm going to give the context first and then we'll go on to uh, to uh, to the story itself Jesus came as the Jewish Messiah and he lived in Judea and Galilee two Jewish areas of what was traditionally Israel His priority was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God's uh, the coming of God's kingdom to the Jewish people the people of Israel now Jesus was always friendly to Gentiles who came to him there's a mention of uh, uh, in, in one of the Gospels you get the centurion who came to Jesus his uh, servant uh, or son, it's obviously a very close relationship was dying and he came to Jesus to plead with him to heal his son. And uh, Jesus saw the centurion's great faith and he healed this servant. But the centurion as a Gentile would not have known how to uh, trust Jesus if he had not already been influenced by the Jewish faith? We're told that this centurion was a God-fearer. He'd been building a church for the church, for the so building a synagogue for the Jewish community in um, Capernaum. And uh, God had been. But he, he, he had been influenced. He knew something of the one true God. And the reason that Jesus came to the Jewish people was that God had been at work for 2,000 years since he gave a promise to Abraham. He gave a promise to Abraham, and Abraham believed the promise, and he trusted God, and uh, he responded in faith, And obedience and although the people of God were often disobedient there were always a few faithful people in the nation of Israel who knew the Lord and who worshipped him so when Jesus came uh, with his message he didn't come into a void it wasn't just writing on a blank piece of paper He was speaking to a tradition that had been growing up over 2,000 years. The Lord our God is like a good farmer who prepares the soil well before he plants the seed. And that's what God had been doing for 2,000 years up to the birth of Jesus. St. Paul says in Galatians, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He was born under the law. He was born a Jew, born in that community. When God revealed himself to uh, Abraham, Abraham responded in faith and obedience. And God promised Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great And then you will be a blessing to the whole world. And the people of Israel saw themselves as Abraham's descendants and heirs of the promises. The priests in the temple saw themselves as Israel's saviors by keeping on good terms with the Romans, they they thought, We are the Messiah. We're doing it, we're keeping the nation safe by keeping on good terms with these conquerors who've taken us over. And they saw Jesus as dangerous because he was upsetting. Uh, People were beginning to change their expectations. The Pharisees had a different uh, expectation uh, in the first century. Uh, They were expecting salvation to come by everyone keeping their interpretation of the rules from the Old Testament. And that would be the way uh, that uh, salvation would come and God would intervene in history. And they rejected Jesus because he was undermining their interpretation of the rules. And then the zealots, the Jewish nationalists, they wanted a Messiah, but they rejected Jesus because he refused to be... A military leader. Now all of these groups regarded Israel as chosen by God and they spoke disparagingly about anyone else. They called them Gentile dogs. They'd lost sight that God's purpose in blessing Israel was so that they should be a blessing to everyone else. They lost sight of that. yet there were people in Israel who were hungry to hear and ready to believe. As St. John said, uh, wrote in his gospel, Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him, yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. But coming back to the gospel story, that's the context. Coming back to the gospel story, if Jesus was so committed to Israel and the people of God, the Jewish people, why did he suddenly leave Galilee and go away to a foreign country? Why did he take his 12 apostles north to the Gentile area of Tyre and Sidon? But there were good reasons for the move the first was that king herod had just beheaded uh, jesus cousin john the baptist and he was beginning to ask questions about who jesus was wherever jesus went in israel the crowds followed him wanting miracles there was no peace to teach jesus was coming towards the end of his ministry, and he wanted time to prepare those 12 apostles to be able to continue his work after he had gone. But because of all the crowds in in, uh, Judea and and, um, Galilee, there was no peace for doing that. And then after the feeding of the 5,000, the Jewish nationalists were who were committed to driving the Romans out, wanted to take Jesus and make him a a king by force. Military might. The recognized Jewish leaders in uh, Judea constantly attacked Jesus and stirred up controversy. And at the end of Jesus' ministry, he needed to get away from from the uh, Jewish areas, from the areas where Herod was king. And so uh, they headed north, set out on a journey. I think we've got a map up. Um, The the map shows from the Lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee, uh, they went north to uh, Tyre. And uh, that's where the first story happened. But there's actually three journeys here. Three journeys taking place. There's the one going from the Sea of Galilee to Tyre. And then Jesus continues northwards to Sidon and uh, round through Syria and down to the area called Decapolis. Which was called Decapolis because there were ten Greek cities in that area. And that's where he met the, uh, the deaf and dumb man. And then later on, which we'll be coming to in another service, uh, Jesus went north. Uh, I think that's on green on the map. Uh, and uh, he went north to uh, Caesarea Philippi, where uh, Peter made the great confession, You are the Christ. And then he's further north still to Mount Hermon, where Jesus was transfigured uh, on the mountain. So you've got this period in Jesus' life where it's the last year and it's eight months if we read it with the other Gospels. You see that although Mark only mentions two events during that time, the whole time would have stretched out over eight months. And Jesus is taking that time quietly with his 12 apostles to teach them and to get them ready for the time Uh, when uh, he would not be with them anymore. So we can take the map off now. Thank you. So they set out on the journey. And the area of Tyre and Sidon was in the Roman province of Syria. And there were scattered groups of Jews living in that area. And Jesus, because he was known far and wide, there would always have been This practice of hospitality, making room for a visiting preacher and his uh, followers. And uh, he would have been received there. It was primarily a time of retreat for Jesus with his apostles. If we read the story of the Syrian Phoenician woman in the first century context, it will appear that Jesus was uncharacteristically rude to this lady. In fact, in Bible studies, I've been harangued by ladies. Why on earth did Jesus do talk to this woman like that? I'm going to try and... I've been explaining the context because I'm trying to explain uh, what happened. Was Jesus being rude? Or what was going on? Matthew, in his Gospel, includes this story as well. And he has a bit of extra information which is helpful. When the lady came uh, to, uh, to Jesus, she said, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And she's using a Jewish title. And it may be that she was um, implying that she was one of the in crowd, that she was part of the Jewish nation. And Jesus answered, let the children, that be the Jewish children, the Jewish family be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, dogs, as I mentioned before, was the term of abuse used by the Jews of non Jews. But Jesus doesn't use that word, he uses the word, friendly word, for a pet in the house. It doesn't uh, seem so cold in the first century Greek context. And the lady herself didn't take offense at it, which is important. She understood that Jesus uh, was uh, was uh, not being rude. But she ta- she takes Jesus' words in a playful way. Jesus is giving this lady an opportunity to say on what basis she is asking him to heal her daughter. Is she saying, I'm a Jew, therefore heal my daughter? Or is she saying, have mercy on me? Jesus said to her, let the Jews eat first, then the Gentiles will be fed. And this gives her hope. Her group, her group, the Gentiles, will be fed as well so she comes back to jesus uh, wittily cheekily let me have what the jews don't want let me take up what the jews are not taking up how different this beautiful lady is to the pharisees who mark spoke about last week who does god love Who does God want to bless? Who is welcome in the kingdom of God? And Jesus' answer is that God wants to bless everyone. Jesus wants to include everyone. Jesus loves everyone. The story illustrated just what Jesus had been teaching and what the Pharisees hated. this desperate lady would have failed all the Pharisees tests of rule-keeping she wasn't a Jew she wasn't part of God's covenant people she wasn't from Judea she was a foreigner from Tyre and Sidon she was not observing the law in the pharisaic way Yet in her non-Jewish heart, Jesus finds humble faith. She showed an insight into the love and power of Jesus, which the critical religious leaders lacked. They couldn't see it. She saw it. And she came to Jesus and asked for help. Wherever Jesus finds humble faith, There will be blessing and a welcome. And this complete outsider puts into a nutshell her confidence that Jesus will welcome her. She says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. You will accept me. Wonderful, isn't that? surprising thing is that you might not have picked up is that her words are part of our communion service when we say we're not worthy to gather up the crumbs under your table isn't that an amazing thing a beautiful thing that this story that Marcus treasured of jesus love for a, a, a canaanite woman from syrophoenicia is there in the the gospel and it's there in our communion service. What a lovely thing. Jesus accepts her words. It shows her faith and her longing. She doesn't try to bargain with Jesus, do this and I'll do that. She only presents her daughter's need in faith and asks him to help her. Have mercy on me. And Jesus graciously graciously answers with healing prayer. This gives me courage. It gives me courage for myself and courage for those I know who struggle in the Christian life. We may not come to Jesus claiming to be worthy. No one can claim to be good enough uh, to be allowed into God's kingdom. But we do come Because we know that our God is gracious and he will not turn away those who come in faith. No matter how weak or confused or ill-informed our faith is, our Lord Jesus recognizes at once the cry of genuine faith. Just like a mother recognizes the cry of her child. So Jesus then, um, we don't know all the detail of all the things that Jesus was saying to his apostles, but he, he, he carries on then, goes north to Sidon, round through Syria, and down to Decapolis. And he's in a Gentile area. And the people come to him. And uh, they bring this man who is uh, not able to ask for help. He's deaf and dumb. He can't express his need to Jesus. But he comes with his friends and Jesus sees his faith because he comes with his friends. And Jesus takes the man aside. He doesn't want what's going to happen to be a public spectacle. He's not trying to attract publicity. Takes the man quietly aside. He speaks to him with sign language. Touches his ears. We're going to do something about your ears. Touches his tongue. We're going to loosen that. He spits. We're going to get rid of that impediment that's stopping you from speaking. Then what does Jesus do? He looks up to the Father the blessing is going to come from the Lord our God. And then he says this word, which uh, Martha read correctly, and I'm just having to look it up. <laughs> Ephatha. Be opened. And the man could speak, and he could hear, and he could speak clearly. God speaks to us in ways that we can understand. If you're deaf, he can speak to you through sign language. But Jesus uh, fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. The Jewish leaders have rejected Jesus despite his married miracles in Judea and Galilee. But this Gentile crowd down around uh, the ten cities, they s- spot the significance of Jesus' actions. And What did they say about Jesus? He's done everything well, they say. Done everything well. Jews and Gentiles, all people are welcome. Everyone who comes in humble faith. Jesus is the Saviour who has come to bless us and set us free from all that binds us. He opens our ears to hear the good news. Shall we bow our heads for a prayer? Father God, we thank you that our Lord Jesus is able to bring our lives back into harmony with you. Help us to be open to receive what you want to give us and to live our lives in your service. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to uh, go to our music team again for Waymaker.